Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, this is Dylan from Piatti. Welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Well, hello, 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 and you can probably tell my, by my voice that uh, I am not Connie Adams, as Brian would suggest. Uh, Connie's out on uh, sabbatical, I think, today, but uh, I'm taking over. I'm taking over my own show, and uh, I've got all kinds of fun things planned today for our listeners. Uh, first of all, I want to make mention that the show today, if you can hear the echo in the background, it's because we are up in the loft of the farmhouse out at Russell's in Woodenville, and they have generously donated the space to us to do several different interviews. Uh, if you haven't been in the loft before, it's got a very high ceiling. You know what a farmhouse looks like, so imagine being inside. You can see how the structure is supported. There's all these different support things, and you feel like you're in the belly of the whale. That's the way it looks here. But uh, uh, indeed, we are going to have an interview with Russell Lowell about his business here and about uh, a special announcement of something coming up later this year that he will be doing. But I thought it would be fun to bring him in on the opening part of the show here, and we can do a little interview discussion about the new restaurant rating system. And uh, Russell has some opinions on that. I have some opinions on that. And so let's, uh, let's get right into it. Russell, what do you think about this new system? Well, I don't think a whole lot about it. I uh, have some questions regarding this program. Uh, the first question I have is, where does King County get the money to start a new program like this? And what happened with the old program? What's wrong with it? I mean, every one of these is a round circle. So what? I bet this costs a million dollars to reproduce. And uh, I'm not too happy with it. If you can't keep your restaurant clean, then you don't need a smiley face. So they still come in and do the inspections on your restaurant, obviously. And I'm assuming that they still do the, the website. Is that correct? They still have the website with the ratings on it. Well, yes, they do. So I can look up anybody's actual... Uh, results without counting on smiley faces based on a curve of ratings to uh, tell me what's really going on in the restaurant. Well, I think that everyone needs a trophy. So why don't we look at it that way? You know, even though the health department might come in, I have found over 40 years in the industry that they need to find something wrong. They've got to find something wrong. And then when they do, they, they, are they, do they fine you for anything they find wrong? Or is it just if they get to a point where they shut the restaurant down or something like that, that's when they put a fine out? How does that work? Well, I think it really depends on the food inspector. If they like you, they'll do some coaching. If they don't like you, you're going to get a 
needs improvement phase. Okay. And we do have restaurants around the area that time after time after time, they're, they're showing a lack of training with the staff. So that's, to me, that's kind of reasonable. And I guess somebody who continually failed wouldn't look good on the smiley face rating. But um, I think it's important for readers who, or listeners who care about where they eat to get onto the King County Health website and take a look at what's really going on at the restaurants, particularly the ones that they like to frequent. Well... All the programs. I mean, we do need a program for sure. I mean, continual effort in will help some of the problems that occur. Refrigeration, um, uh, cross-contamination. Those are some of the big ones we have here. Uh, in our industry, the whole restaurant, hotel industry, it, you start out with a lot of young kids. Mm-hmm. And they've got to go take a test, and they get their little card. But sometimes you need to coach them and retrain them, and that takes a little work. Mom and dad, you know, maybe they don't have the nice-looking shoes on or whatever it is, their hair, whatever, whatever it is. You need to coach them, continually coach them. So when the health inspector walks in and the young girl continually moves her hair behind her ears yeah with no hairnet well you know what you gotta coach them get over there and wash your hands get over there and wash your hands and that's a struggle for them because if they walk into some of these ethnic restaurants where it's a lot of times it's family members who have come here from out of out of the country that are working there they don't really understand the language too well so the only training they might be getting is from their uncle or somebody like that rather than the health inspector well, you do have a point there, and it is a, it is a struggle. They are young; they need to learn. But it's just having a, a test and get a card. They understand. Hey, you went to the restroom. Wash your hands. Okay, we all get that. Well, some people continue not to do that. Yeah. Well, you got to be on them. What I got to stand in the restaurant, coach them. Well, you know what? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Because this is my livelihood. And I'm not going to be shut down. I'm going to train them, train them, train them, coach them until they get it. But the health department, oh, boy, if they see one of these people touch their hair or their face, Mm -hmm. the party's over. You really, you'll get, you'll you'll have a write-up. You'll get in trouble. Yeah. So the smiley face, I don't know. Everybody gets a trophy, right? <laughs> and and where are the restaurants required to put that smiley face at on the front door or I think they better put them on the front door. Okay. I think I'll have a black pen and change my my smiley face if I get a bad one. How's, <laughs> how's that? I can I can change it. You could Photoshop it, huh? Make what, it any whatever it is. Whatever it is. We're going to wash your You could put some X's on those eyes. That would be a, an indicator right there instead of those circle eyes. What, what's that, the emoji deal? Yeah. We're going to put something on there. Yeah, everybody loves the emojis now. Now we're on the emoji restaurant system. Yeah. So, so if you were to change this program at all, is there anything in particular you might do to change the program? Well, I think I would wait till I had a few dollars instead of raising all these taxes and going after all these people. That's what I think. I don't think you have the money to play with this. You know, keep the old one until 
you can figure out to do with, with all the cash issues there are. I think the benefit of the new one is it allows people to see that emoji right when they show up and they didn't have to go online to get some sort of indicator on the room. Well, but, you know, but, the but there again, since it's on a curve, we don't really know what's going on within the last three, six months at that restaurant. Well, that may be, but I don't know. It all comes down to the cash program. You know, it wasn't broken before. Why did we need to fix it? Gotcha, gotcha. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with uh, some news bites and some calendars, a couple interviews. It's going to be a good show today. Stick around. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... The Neighborhood Grills with locations in Green Lake, East Lake, Lake Forest Park, Maple Valley, and Bremerton. Be sure to explore their upgraded menus online at neighborhoodgrills.com today. Hi, this is Donna Cafasso with Nestle Waters International Brands, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, I'm Corey Nagler from Walla Walla, and when I'm in Seattle, I eat at La Carta de Oaxaca. Back with the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Barron, your beloved publisher. And uh, I told you in the first segment that Connie Adams had gone on sabbatical. And I went downstairs because I remember we're here at the farmhouse in Woodenville today. And I went downstairs and took a little walk in the parking lot. And lo and behold, I found Connie. The parking lot? Heck, I was having lunch. <laughs> parking lot. So uh, we're here at the News Bite segment. And uh, we got some information about what's going on with the restaurants around Seattle and around the Puget Sound. Uh, our first one today is going to be the uh, Dragon's Fish, uh, a long-time Seattle restaurant uh, down there on 7th and Pine. They're going to be uh, remodeling both the website and the restaurant. So you can't get any food there until mid-March when they reopen. I suppose you probably want to dial into their social media to make sure you get updates on when they reopen. Uh, looks like there's going to be some new menu items as well. And there's another new spot, and this one's in Tukwila. It's the 85 Degree Cafe Bakery. That opened in late February. And, um, you know, a cafe bakery doesn't sound all that out of, out of the norm, but... This is supposedly Taiwan's most famous bakery chain. They um, opened in one place, spread across Asia, and now they're, you know, naturally in Tukwila. But they have 60 types of bread and 40 types of cake. It's one of those fast self-serve things. Go up to the counter, grab it. So we want to know what our readers think. If you you have uh, been to this in Taiwan, uh, go on to our Facebook page and give us a report. We want to know more about it. And then we'll, you know, when when they get it open, we want you to go back and, and go down to Tuckwill and check it out and give us an A-B on is it really as good as the Taiwan locations or... And and when you're actually listening to this, it is open. It opened the 24th of February. Ah, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lloyd Martin 
hanging in there. Got a uh, social hour on Tuesday through Thursday, 5 to 6 p.m. That smells like happy hour to me, but uh, deviled egg, fettuccine, and pesto, and more. Beer, do- beer is $3, and wine is 6 Cocktails are 7 So uh, go up and see the folks at Lloyd Martin on top of Queen Anne. Definitely. And the Sorrento Hotel is adding jazz to their Sunday brunch. So brunches from 10 to 2, jazz goes from 11 to 2. You can do things like build your own charcuterie and cheese tower. There's a lot of entree brunch type things and drinks. So should be a very fun Sunday brunch. You think the musicians are eating between 10 and 11? And I think that's what you, it is. You could go and watch a jazz musician take Eat. their breakfast or their brunch. Wow. I mean, this gets really complex after a while. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, those of you down in Belltown, uh, Bell and Wheat has a new name and they have a new concept. And we finally know what it is. Uh, they are doing a brew house. It's called the Brew House. And, uh, oh, no, let's yes. see. So they're doing a brew house and a brewery called Belltown Brewing. The, the eating, drinking part is the brew house, and in the former dining room, it's a brewery called Belltown Brewing. Okay, gotcha. So that opens on uh, March 17th. Head brewer is Adam France. Then London Plain has two new chefs working with Matt Dillon, Andrew Gregory, who was of the Woodsman Tavern in Portland, and Ricardo Valdez, who was at Delancey and a couple places in Los Angeles. So it'll be interesting to see what their take on the menu is. Now, this is interesting. Jason Wilson, <clears throat> who, well, formerly of Crush, but where else? He's got um, Miller's Guild. Okay. And he's going to pair up with El Gaucho Hospitality. He'll be in charge of the culinary and El Gaucho focuses on the service. So they're bringing their strengths together. And it's two spots coming to Bellevue. The W, the Hotel W. The, the, oh, w the Hotel W. Yeah. And uh, do, is there a name for that yet? Or You know, uh, I couldn't get enough in there because, of course, it's Twitter. But um, I don't know offhand. I believe that, that he does have a name, that Jason does have a name for the restaurant he was opening, and I think that they're doing something, so... Um, but I don't know the names offhand. Mm. Okay. Bai Tong is moving into the old boom noodle spot on Capitol Hill. Haven't we all wondered about that? Yeah. What's going in? So they're going to call it Bai Tong Street Cafe, and they're looking at an April opening. Is it the same group that owned the uh, the boom noodle? No, it's Bai Tong. Okay. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Eduardo Jordan is going to open a second restaurant in a few weeks. June Baby. Down the street from Solare, with a focus on southern food. So yes. I, I take it that Eduardo owns Solare. He as does, well. and it's been a, just a big hit. Okay, big hit. Um, as of the week of February, well, early February, one of the first weeks in February, Brian Sheezer left the Heathman Kirkland trellis. He's been there forever. You know, he brings his produce in from his farm in Woodenville. So, end of an era there. Um, we don't know at this point what, it's, what he's going to be doing, but um, I talked to the Heathman Kirkland people, and they said they were sure it would have something to do with his farm. I think they're crop dusting outside right now. Perhaps. I can hear the planes yeah. flying over. We are in Bothell. We're way out there. <laughs> well, we've had a good run with the trellis restaurant people, and we're, we're going to miss the old guard. Yeah. So. Well, it's just Brian. I mean, 
the people at the hotel are still there. Okay. A uh, new restaurant on Bainbridge called Bruciato. And uh, they're going to be open Tuesday through Saturday, 4 to 10. So, you know, keep your handicap low and make sure you get those times right when you want to go. Uh, let's see. Oh, they'll stay open until midnight on Friday and Saturday. Um, and we've got, uh, they'll be doing pizza now. They'll be doing some lunch morning coffee pastry type stuff soon. So. Yeah. And then our last thing we're going to talk about today is an interesting one. As we reported, Ernest Loves Agnes closed, and they said they had something exciting coming. What it's going to be is Jason LaJunesse, who is part of Guild US, who had Ernest Loves Agnes. He's partnering with Brian Clevenger of Vendemia and um, the new place in West Seattle and all, all the stuff he's doing, and Kaylee Turkheimer also in with Brian. They're partnering up, the three of them, and they're opening... You know how... Uh, Kingfish and Ernest Love Agnes had like two storefronts. Uh-huh. This is on one side, they're going to do Contadino Restaurant, and the other one is Contadino Pizzeria. So they're going to own them both, and Contadino's the name, but one side's more of a restaurant, one's more a pizza spot. Huh. So that right. is, uh, that should be open like by the time people are listening to this, hopefully. Yeah. Always new places to go to. Yeah. We're going to take a little break right now. When we come back, we've got the calendar. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Blue Sardinia. Experience the flavors of the Mediterranean in a unique setting located in Redmond. Blue Sardinia offers delicious food as well as wines from both Washington and Europe. You'll find them online at www.bluesardinia.com. Hi, this is Leslie Kelly from allrecipes.com, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, this is Julie from Willamette Valley Vineyards in Salem, Oregon. If you're ever in the Salem area, visit Bentley's in the Grand Hotel. Nice place to have a bite to eat and a good drink. Back with the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, our beloved senior editor. And we are in the farmhouse in Bothell. And, you know, I just want to take a moment and tell you that for years, you know, I was in the music industry and I owned a recording studio some time ago. And we would die for echo like this. That was awesome. <laughs> totally natural echo. Wonderful stuff. Um... I don't know, you know, if you're if you're an indie rock band, you need to come up here and rent the top of the farmhouse out and make an album in here. I want to hear those drums because I know they're going to sound good. But uh, anyways, we're going to get into the calendar here, and Connie's going to take the first one, which is called the Cook and Cork. And before I go into that, I just want to say, you keep saying farmhouse, but it's called Russell's Restaurant and Loft. So if you don't have any idea what Tom's talking about when he says farmhouse, that's what it is. Or it's if you're driving farmhouse. over to Russell's and you see a farmhouse, you know you're there. You're there. So Cook and Cork is the name of a cookbook that, uh, well, actually a pairing book that Harry Mills and sommelier Chris Horn, Chef Harry and sommelier Chris did. They're both from the Seattle Purple Cafe and Wine Bar. 
they put this book out, so they are partnering up with David LeClaire, who's the founder of Seattle Uncorked and also a sommelier, and they're going to do um, a pairing basics course. That'll be fun. That's on March 1st. It's $25, and it takes place at the Cast Iron Event Venue, which is in Bellevue. And with so many different wines on the market now and with every everything evolving in Washington State, I think we all could use a class like this. Yeah. All right. On uh, March 2nd, we've got the Music to My Beers put on by the Washington History Museum. Looks like it's, well, I'd call it a fundraiser, but it's only $15 for (laughs) pre-registration, so I don't know if I'd call that a fundraiser. Anyways, uh, they've got some big exhibits going on. And uh, one of them's called A Revelation You Can Dance To, Indie Music in the Northwest, and Steins, Vines, and Grinds, Washington's Story of Beer, Wine, and Coffee. So, yeah, when you put all that together, you drink up some coffee and you go down and you dance to the music, I guess. Well, it's also more than that because it's a 21 and over event. So, you know, there's, um, you know, the beer is there. It's not just coffee. And this is all happening at the museum there in Tacoma. Down on Pacific Avenue. That is true. Then on the second, there is a sherry class with Bodegas Lustau. Um, That is at Harvest Vine, and it is 95 per person plus tax and gratuity. It's very unique. They're going to taste a number of sherries from his Solaris, and they will explain what a Solera is. So they're doing Fino, Manzanilla, Amontillado, Oloroso, Cream, Palo, Palo Cortado, PX, and Moscatel. So you're going to learn all about these, um, what makes them special. There'll be nine special pink stoves, which are the tapas-type items. So that's going to be very fun. I thought a Solera was a Toyota. No, no, it's a, it's a sunroom. Oh, okay. Or a Toyota <laughs> with a sunroof. There you One go. Of the two. There you go. All right. Also on Thursday the 2nd. Lots going on Thursday the 2nd to keep you busy. There's going to be a Domain Serene Wine Dinner at Blue Acre downtown on, uh, what is it, Pine and 6th? 7th. 7th, okay. 1700th. Right across the street from the, the, the oh no, it's, right down the street from the, uh, uh, the Dragonfish. Yeah, it's Kitty Corner from Pacific Place. So uh, it's going to be a five-course dinner. And uh, your host and sommelier, Bruce Sturgeon, will be doing the wine part of it. Uh, Their head chef, uh, Richard Graham, will be there. And uh, winemaker. You're going to get, yeah, the winemaker will be Domain Serene, right? Yeah, Eric Kramer. Eric Kramer. And you're going to get a five course menu. With, uh, that will include Alaskan king crab salad, lobster and English pea flan. That should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, charred octopus, yes. Yeah, charred octopus. All kinds of goodies here. Uh, looks like dessert's going to be a ginger creme brulee rhubarb tart. Oh, and your main course is Alaskan king salmon, so you know that's going to be good. And these are all paired with wines from Domaine Serene. So uh, price is going to be... $115 a person, which includes tax and gratuity. No. You have to pay tax. Oh, it says plus. Yes. I'm sorry. So you've got to pay tax and gratuity on top of that. But you do get the free parking, and you know downtown that's worth about 115 bucks right there. So. <laughs> exactly. So. Now, on the third, there's another little history thing, History Through the Vines at the Walter Clore Wine and Culinary Center in Prosser. 
And we may have talked about this before. I, I believe this, they were going to do this and have changed the date. So it may have been earlier now. It's March 3rd. And it's to celebrate 40 years of harvests and to savor how far we've come in the wine industry. So five industry pioneers will be there. That's going to be Eric Degerman, Andy Perdue. Um, where are we? Like Rob Griffin? Brian Carter. Um, Betsy Wittick. Wade Wolf, so really interesting people um, who are going to be there talk about their experiences over 40 years of vines and wines. Um, uh, Kay Simon will be there. She's always a draw. She's wonderful to listen to, Chinook. Mm -hmm. That's 90 per person plus tax. You are seated at tables of eight, so if there's two of you, you're going to be sitting with six other people, which is kind of fun. You get to know new people. You can pay 720 for the whole table of eight plus tax. And again, that's on Wine Country Road in Prosser. And I don't know if this will happen, but I have a feeling somebody's going to pop out a 40-year bottle of wine. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. You never know what Andy Perdue has under the seat in the car. Yeah. It could. Besides old popcorn, huh? Okay, so if uh, if making your way that way is too far, you could do a beer-tasting cruise with Diamond Knot and Waterways Cruises. And that'll be, uh, well, I'm going to guess it's going to be out of Seattle. It is. Or, well... Normally it is. Sometimes they go out of Kirkland, I think. But Right. So that's Diamond Knot Craft Brewing. And uh, that'll be more information on their website, waterwaycruises.com. Well, and, uh, interesting, Diamond Knot uh, Craft Brewing is Snohomish County's oldest continuously operating independently owned brewery. So hmm. you're getting something fun there. Maybe go through the locks and, and then go up through Everett and go to Snohomish. There you go. You know, we've, uh, I've noticed recently, like in the last four or five months, Waterways Cruises uses the calendar a lot, and they have a lot going on. They really are marketing their cruises, and it, it always has a food and beverage um, feel, you know, concept to it. So, yeah. so they're doing a lot. Check that out. A little out. more than just a sunset cruise. Yeah. On March 4th, there's the Cabernet Classic. This is the seventh annual event. Um, it's $75 from 6 to 9 p.m. If you want to go VIP, it's 100 It's um, located at the new Porsche Bellevue, and it's a dazzling array of over 50 of the best cabs and cab blends from 25 of Washington's premier wineries. So that'll be fun. Uh, Bellevue Porsche is on Northeast 8th Street in Bellevue, obviously, and there's a link to buy tickets right on our calendar. On the 11th at uh, Daniel's Broiler in Bellevue, it will be the Bellevue Bourbon Bash, sixth annual bash of its kind, and uh, all kinds of, of bourbon and rye whiskeys from all over the West Coast. Uh, in fact, over 100 bourbons, so make That's sure amazing. you uh, plan your Uber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I like this one. So uh, uh, you can get a, a sampling of of bourbons and whiskeys from a small collection of Pappy Van Winkle. Who is Pappy Van Winkle? Remember uh, when we first got involved with Eureka Burger out in U Village, they have Pappy Van Winkle there, and it was like a big deal. So it's a it's small batch, I think. it's not There's not a ton of it. Is he Rip's daddy? Perhaps. Ah, okay. I don't have a picture of him yet, so we'll have to see. <laughs> I think there's only sketches of him. <laughs> Uh, more information about that one on the Daniels Broiler Bellevue website. And there's also a v- 
VIP admission for that, and you get a lot of other stuff. So if, you, if you're really into it, you might want to consider that VIP thing. And, of course, you can go to seattledining.com, click on the calendar, and get to all these websites real easily. So easily. Um, on the 15th of March, there's an Argentina wine dinner at the Manor House on Bainbridge Island. That ought to be interesting. Chef Joe Benish is planning a captivating dining experience with wine pairings from the Mendoza wine region, where a lot of wonderful wines come from. Four-course meal, 85 per person, plus tax. Um, space is limited, so call for those reservations. And there's also a link to the full menu so that you can see what that's going to be about. And this is at, like, Pleasant Beach Village that I... I've, I've yeah, the Manor House has been there quite a while. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm saying the website is Pleasant Beach Village. So. Well, you know what? I think that the person who put this on the calendar is oh. from the, the Pleasant Beach Village, and they're marketing for them. Okay. That's my guess. Gotcha. All right, now I know you're looking for some St. Patrick's Day fun. So um, on the 17th, you could go out to Port Ludlow, and there'll be a four-course dinner with drink specials, uh, beer and whiskey specials, and, of course, you can sleep it all off right there at Port Ludlow. <laughs> so that's happening on the 17th. And there's also, surprisingly, since I've just said this, St. Patty's Party Cruise with Waterways. So we'll just let you go to their website and see all about that. And then Debuts and Discoveries. It's the 10th annual event where um, enthusiasts get to discover the newest wineries, newest distilleries, newest cideries, and newest breweries. That's from 5 to 9, 5 to nine Hangar 30 at Magnuson Park. $35 advance, $40 at the door. Um, I'm sure there's, oh, there's live music, food available for purchase from the Mobile Mavens food trucks. Carolina Smoke and Uncle Polly's Meatballs. Mm. Now, there you go. That's a Seattle Uncorked thing with David LeClaire. Okay. On the uh, 23rd, the Pacific Grill signature event is called the Master Sommelier Dinner. And here in the description it says that there's only 236 Master Sommeliers in the world or just Sommeliers in the world? Or are they oh, same? it must be. They... This, they put this up, and it says Somalis, but you know there's more than 236. I'm thinking there was 236 in Seattle. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm, well, maybe not that many, but if you include Snohomish County. I think it must be Master Somalia because it's a Master Somalia dinner, so that wouldn't Yeah, sense. so this is a five-course dinner <coughs> expertly prepared or, or paired with, with the right wines. Yeah. Uh, it's 150 bucks a person. Doesn't say if it's tax and gratuity included, so you better check first. Mm. And this is at the Pacific Grill in Tacoma. Yes. And I, th- I think we should thank the people who are using our calendars because this month they have used some excellent adjectives. Oh, very good, yeah. Perfectly and- exquisite. It's like they're, they're, I'm loving their words this month. <laughs> I thought you were putting all those in. No, they, they put them in and I don't change them if they're fine, you know. Um, Arcade Lights at the Pike Place Market is happening on March 24th. This is an annual thing. It's, uh, you can taste artisan food, craft beer, cider, and spirits from 70 local producers under the market lights. So they've got live music, a raffle, early bird ticket pricing for the first 200 people, so get on that. Um, it includes five drink tokens, and this is another one we've, ta- we've laughed about before. We're probably assuming it's not full pours, because that would be a lot of drink tokens to have. Um, starts at 7 p.m. on the 24th at the North Arcade. 
Premium entry is 80. That gives you the drink tokens, unlimited food, and an early entry. VIP entry is 150. That gets you exclusive entry into the VIP lounge with seating, music, exclusive food and beverages, those five same drink tokens, unlimited food, lounge entry at six, 21 and over an event. That will be fun. Hmm. Tickets available at strangertickets.com. Yeah. Uh, okay, on the 29th down at Mohai is going to be the last in the series of the Taste of the Market events that they put on. Uh, this is going to be the Chinese Art of Hand-Pulled Noodles. Yum. So that'll be on Wednesday the 29th, 6.30 to 8. Nancy Leeson will be on hand with Chef Sheng Bao Yang of Country Dough to demonstrate the art of pulling noodles. From a lump of From dough. From a lump of dough. See what I'm saying? This is great. Good stuff, yeah. people. Keep them coming. And by the way, anybody who has a dining event that needs to get it on our calendar, just punch it right in and we'll mm-hmm. get it up for you. i got to say, too, it says attendees will get to enjoy a spectacular stir-fry afterwards. Now, I don't want to confuse people. This is actually happening at the Pike Place Market Atrium yeah. Kitchen. So it's not, not, not going on at Mohai, but, you know, there's the, the display down at Mohai that we need to go see that's all the history of... Dining around Seattle and food in Seattle. Looking forward to checking that out this month. Folks, that's our calendar for this month. When we come back, we've got a couple of really special interviews, so stick around. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is Raphael from the Pizza Bank in Kirkland, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, my name's Randy. I live in Bellevue, and I like Poppy Restaurant in Cap Hill. The variety of food, the excellence of preparation, and the friendliness of staff make it a tremendous place to eat. Jump left. Jump right. Jump left. Jump right. Jump left. Jump right. Jump left. Jump We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm the publisher, Tom Marin, and uh, I've got a very special guest here with us today. He's well-known around the Puget Sound, and uh, let's all say hello to Russell Lowell. Hi, Russell. Hello. So let's, uh, I, I know a lot of people know about you, but for the few people who don't, let's just talk a little bit about uh, the background on you. You've, when did you start cooking up here? Well, let's see, uh, mid-80s. Mid-80s, okay. Yes. And where'd you start at? Well, when I came to Seattle, I was uh, executive chef at the Leshy Daniels. Wow, okay. I helped o- open other restaurants, and I was part of opening teams at other restaurants that are no longer with us. Yeah, we know about those. <laughs> um, you also had a part in uh, getting uh, Mallbacks going with a cafe and a wine bar. Yes, uh, I opened uh, my catering company in 1994, 
And uh, one of those things that we quickly ran into was we needed to be in Woodenville. Mulbacks was an obvious choice. Ah, okay. And so then uh, eventually you found this wonderful farmhouse location over here, and you opened up your own restaurant. You've got catering. You've got a beautiful private event space that we're in. And uh, when did you start this up over here? I started this in 2005, and uh, we have been growing ever since. It's a beautiful place. If uh, folks who are listening who haven't been out here, they need to make the field trip and come out here and check it out. Um, the catering has been going on since, you said, 94? Yes. All righty. And uh, up here in the private events loft where we are recording today, um, can you give me a rundown of some of the highlights over the 12 years here of who's been up here and had parties? I mean, you know, people that you could, like, it's okay to say their names. Well... I'm not going to mention their names, but those people, they enjoy the space. We have winemaker dinners, wonderful weddings. It's been a terrific opportunity. So speaking of winemaker dinners, um, we routinely are calling out your winemaker dinners on our calendar. And I know that this year you kind of bumped it up. So tell us a little bit more about that and tell us about the series this year. Well, I think there's a renaissance of wine in our wine industry and I believe that in Woodenville we have a lot of unsung heroes there are winemakers that give us memories help us to feel better in the morning and we want to honor them we're looking at people who work very hard in our industry artisans and we feel they're just like us wine is food and they need to be talked about. So in this new book that I'm doing, we're going to talk about winemakers and the workhorses of Woodenville in particular. Wow, that's a statement. Okay, so uh, on the series this year, who do you have coming in to do wine dinners? Well, we've started the series, and uh, we're well underway. So I know that uh, without looking at my lineup, We'll have John Patterson here. We'll have LaCole 41. Uh, gosh, you're catching me off guard here. <laughs> I don't have the list in front of me, but it goes on and on. And we could find that list on your website, right? Oh, yes. And also, what I would say about that is we're gonna, we usually do six a year, and we've ramped up, and we're going to do 12 to 14. Wow. And, you know, I know when I... When I uh announce these on the calendar when we're doing the podcast, the, the, the prices aren't crazy ridiculous. They're reasonably priced. And uh, I appreciate that. Well, the way I look at it is, let's provide an experience. Let's sell wine. What can we do for the winemaker? Move wine. And to me, part of the value is uh, you're cooking, and that's good. I'm staying in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm not a winemaker. I was approached recently to from a winemaker, one I don't even like, and uh, they wanted to put my label on a bottle. And I thought about that, and I'm not a winemaker. I'm a chef. Let's let the winemakers be on the labels. Yeah, yeah. And so when it comes down to selecting the wines for the restaurant here, you're pairing it with your food, and that's the wine you want people drinking, not 
something that somebody had some grapes left over or whatever. That's right. Uh, you know, I just recalled some of the winemaker dinners that I have going on, local boys, of course, and gals. Mm-hmm. We have Darby Winery. We have Forgeron. Lacole, of course. We have Terrell Estates. And that's kind of the lineup left for this uh, early part of the year. Okay. And then there'll be some new ones going up for spring, right? Well, we'll get out of the spring and we'll go straight into the fall. Okay. Right after crush. But there'll be no, uh, there'll be no wine dinners around hunting season, right? Come on, man. <laughs> you got to give me a break. Archery season is so long, just a short period. But we'll be back in the game. For those of, of you listening who don't know, Russell is an avid hunter, and he, he loves his time away out in the woods. Uh, you're working on a new book. Yes. Tell us about your new book. Well, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to interweave the stories, experiences that I've experienced all around the world in my fly fishing endeavors, and we're going to have a minimum of 40 winemakers in this book. It's going to be a hardbound, gorgeous book, a terrific opportunity for winemakers to be forever. Even if they were to sell their winery, guess what? You are forever. So you're immortalizing 40 different winemakers in your book. Right. And, and I assume that we're going to get some recipes to pair up with some of these wines in the book? I don't know. We might just, I don't know, fake it, do something. I don't care. You can have any recipe I have. You, can, you still have to produce it at home. Sorry. That's not always easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when is the new book going to be coming out? I think we're going to go to print in October. Because we have a mission, we are going to be part of the Fred Hutch Gala this year. And I believe that that book should be a big part of an auction item. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. All right, everybody. Russell Lowell from Russell's out in Woodinville. Again, make it out there. If you already know where it is, come check it out soon. And we will be right back with some tips and tricks. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, this is Jeff Leichleiter with Tim's Cascade Snacks, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Hi, I'm Brad from Snohomish. One of my favorite restaurants is Daniel's Broiler, where I enjoy a good ribeye. I guess they call it the back of the book on some shows, but uh, it's the end of our show. Of course, we don't leave you just by saying goodbye. Uh, we always leave you with a few tips, 
And uh, Connie was uh, out playing golf during the break and did quite the heck of a divot down on the course, so she's not here to be able to deliver with me on the final tips. She's uh, patching things up over at the green. So anyways, I've got a few tips for you. Um, number one, if you're working in the kitchen, uh, I love to make scallops. I've only made them once ever in my life, but I love to make them. And uh, I learned a really nice tip about how to prepare them. You know, a lot of times uh, when you buy scallops, they're going to be frozen. And that's okay. If they're flash, flash frozen and they're wild, I get these up at uh, Central Market all the time. Um, that's perfectly as, as good as you're going to get. I think a lot of when you like see the scallops in the, in the case, a lot of times they've been frozen and now they're thawed out. But regardless, uh, they're going to be full of moisture. So what you want to do when you're thawing your frozen scallops is put a couple paper towels on the bottom and a couple paper towels on top. And then uh, place a heavy plate or a plate with some, uh, you know, heavy bowl or something over the top of them to push on them. And you can bleed out a lot of the moisture. Now, what that means is that when you go ahead and you want to fry them... Um, you're not going to be steaming them because they're not going to have as much moisture in them. So you're really going to get a nice fry on them. You've got your, your burner up to, say, maybe 350, 375, and a little bit of oil, maybe a little bit of ghee. I like to use ghee other than butter. Uh, or maybe you use a little bacon lard. So uh, whatever way, at least you're going to get a nice crisp on them. And uh, instead of having a steamy, mushy, gooey scallop. Uh, all right, next up, we've got uh, a dining out tip. And my dining out tip today kind of goes back to the beginning of the show when Russell and I were talking about this food uh, restaurant rating program. Frankly, folks, you really want to know what's going on. I'm just going to say it again. Go to the King County Health site or the, or the county health site for where you live and check those restaurant uh, inspection reports and see what's really going on inside that restaurant. You're not going to know that from somebody's emoji on their door. So uh, that's my tip for dining out. And lastly, I've got a gadget tip for you. And... Uh, you know, I recently got a new set of cookware, and that cookware is all ceramic. So I went through my drawer that has all my tongs and my spoons and, and all my utility items, and I cleared out all the things that might damage my nice ceramic cookware. So no more metal tongs. They've all got sort of the plastic on the, on the catch part. Um, same thing with spoons, like a metal ladle. I've, I've uh, gone to more of a, a nylon-type metal ladle. Uh, all my spatulas and that sort of thing are, are either a nylon or a good, tough plastic, one of the two. So, uh, you know, you want to take care of, of your cookware, whatever it is, and you want to match that, the utensils up to that cookware. So that's our show. I want to thank our guests who came in today. I want to especially thank uh, Russells for hosting us up here in the loft. And we will be back in April with more fun. See you soon. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, a Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests 
and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Dog House, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the Seattle Dining Show.